And then it goes in. What's what? happening here? <laughs> yeah. totally. The worst thing is that like the, the way our mind works. It's like if you run upstairs for something, you get upstairs and you're like, what did I run upstairs for? I've totally mm-hmm. forgot what I needed. And then you run back downstairs and retrace your steps. And, and then that. you remember. Yeah. 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 It's wild. So I so, think, yeah. Yeah. If we can, like age, if we can like learn to kind of, yeah, like access that, that, that part of our mind and, and sort of like the way I see it is like, um, navigating our consciousness and we have different, like, you know, there's different brain waves, the alpha, and I don't know them all, but like, you know, there's different brain waves they measured and like people who are in very deep meditation have different brain waves and those who are like focused on just like what's going on outside. Yeah. And so to me, it's like navigating through our consciousness and, and like helping our, our consciousness evolve because like in my, you know, my, through my studies, my living in India and meditation and all these things and just like practical life experience. Now it's like, there's so much that's out of our control. This podcast isn't to be used to act as a substitute for mental health counselling and I am not a therapist in any way, shape or form. I'm just there giving you ways in which I dealt with my mental health. Welcome everybody to Still Worth the Journey podcast and it's another week. We're getting there. We're getting closer to Christmas and um, again, as always, we've brought you a very, very, very special guest, uh, guest, sorry, put my teeth back in, Nadavi. And she is a, well, she specializes in self-hypnosis, meditation, and breath work. And I'm glad that she's here to speak to you guys today. Hello, Madavi. Hello. Thank you. It's Madavi. That's all right. Madavi. <laughs> yes. Madhavi. It's a hard name. It's fine. <laughs> Madavi. Yes. We we literally practiced this before we started to record, didn't we? It's fine. So sorry. Madhavi. Yes. <laughs> What's that name mean? Is there a meaning for that name? Um, it's a Sanskrit name. Uh, it's a name for a jasmine flower. And uh, if you've heard of uh, Krishna and Radha, so Madhavi yep. is a name for the goddess Radha. She's the goddess of love and affection. And when she controls her lover with love, her lover Krishna with love, then she's called Madhavi. So it's also ah. like a meditation. My spiritual teacher or guru, he gave me that name when I met him. And I don't see myself like that, but I see it as like an intention. Yeah. No, I get it. And Krishna, do you mean like when I've been uptown before now and you hear people saying Hare Krishna? Is that is that, that? Yeah. or is it yeah. Oh it is. Yeah. Right, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, right. So yes. people obviously listening now you'd know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. And how did you like where did it all start for you? What what put you on this journey? Was you doing this always or was there a reason what steered you towards this? Um, well I grew up uh in a Hare Krishna temple. And we lived in the temple until I was about nine years old. And so a whole part of my childhood journey was was chanting, was meditation, was kind of like seeking the divine in some way. And um, when I was nine, we moved out. I went to public school. And that whole life was like, that's my parents. You know, that's, yeah. that's not me. I don't, I don't know about that stuff. And then um, I just, I had a curiosity about philosophy and I loved to read. So when I was about 17, I 
I spent like a summer in Borders Bookstore and I was reading all of the philosophy section, Taoism, witchcraft, Buddhism, the Bible, everything. And so when I kind of got through with that, I came to my dad and I was like, all right, give me, give me one of your books. I'm, I'm ready. You know, <laughs> I'll check it yeah. out. And so when I, when I read the book he gave me, which was like the first book of like a set of books, it, it answered the questions I had and it answered questions I didn't think to ask. And so that kind of began my spiritual journey, I guess, as an adult, even though now at 44, I, I think 18, 19 is not an adult. But back then, I'm like, I'm grown, I'm going to explore and so then I met uh, my, my guru, my spiritual teacher at 19, and he was traveling the world doing two world tours every year and pilgrimages in India. And I just, I had money saved and I hopped on the bandwagon and I thought, I'll do an experiment. You know, I'll give like a year of my life to this and just see what happens. So that year turned into about five trips to India, three to six months at a time. And then I came back to, to Florida, and uh, I was, uh, at that time, I just had my second child, and uh, I, I became curious. I saw this hypnotherapy course, and I thought, well, that looks interesting, and I want to learn how to do these things for myself. And I don't know if you have kids, but sometimes, have, you know, it can trigger some emotions, some frustration. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Testing. I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just I felt like sometimes I was getting angry, like exponentially larger than the actual situation called for. And so yeah. I went through this this training to, to just kind of get a handle on my mind and my emotions. And um, about uh, halfway through my training, my my marriage sort of it was the end of it the start of the end so then I really was like I really need these tools to to help me and yeah. uh, when when I graduated I reached out there was uh, you know some friends of mine who did sound healing and massage therapy and different healing arts so I, I reached out I said hey can you will you trade me a session because you know I need help and um, and then about a year from that I, I my phone started ringing and it was like, hey, uh, my massage therapist told me to call you. Can you help me with, you know, this problem? And wow. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I can help you. I, I mean, it's helping me, but to help another person, that's, you know, kind of different. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how it began. I started getting these calls and now it's been... I want to say between 15 and almost 16 years now. And now when people call me, I'm like, yeah, I can. I can, I can teach you how to do these things. Really? And you can be empowered for yourself. And so that's really like the goal of my work is to share tools that help me and have consistently helped my clients. And to not just, you know, have someone come to me week after week, year after year, but here's these tools. If you practice them, then you've got them, you know, for the rest of your life. Yeah. And then they can share them on as well to friends and family yes. that may need yes. that as for well. for their kids, for their family. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess... And you get so much back as well from giving, don't you? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's you know, so the wonderful. Calm kind of thing it brings back. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a nice thing to walk into a room, and no matter how bad someone's feeling or whatever you know trauma or physical pain that they're in, I know that this is going to help them. And so I, I come in, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know if this is going to work," and I'm just like big smile on my face, like, "Yeah, we'll see." <laughs> we've all been there though we have we've had Mm -hmm. breaks like that haven't we where we're Mm -hmm. always down and out and we're like nothing's gonna help Mm -hmm. there's no way out of this you know i've been there i've been there it's been me i've always thought um but yeah it's it's an amazing journey and what what's happened since then so i take it you're no longer with the husband no No, I've got my uh, 16 and 19 year old with me uh, full time. And, you know, I've tried to to share these things with them. And, you know, they'll they'll tell me, don't tell me how to breathe. I I know to breathe, mom, stop. But, Sounds uh, like market, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, no they one know wants best. to hear it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But to this day, you know, when they're upset, they, and this is as they were growing up, I, I told them, you know, we all have big feelings, but we don't get to like vomit them on the other people in the house. So you're allowed to yeah. have your feelings. You're not going to be in trouble for having an emotion, but there's a space for it. And so to this day, they they when they're upset, they go in their room and I'll hear them yelling or crying or whatever it is. And then when they're done, yeah. you know, they come out and it's like, okay, let's now we can interact again. <laughs> Get that off your chest, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, do like need let that. it out. You do need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it hard to let it out at the minute. I'm struggling massively with my anger over the last couple of weeks. It's it's gone. Yeah, it's gone to the point where I'm now having sessions okay. <laughs> with um, CBT and stress management uh-huh. and all of that uh, nice. with my local um, doctors and whatnots. And yeah, it's it's, it's it opens your mind because you're like, mm-hmm. well, why am I getting this angry? What's the cause of it? Yes. Uh, and it's like it's like Alice in the Wonderland going down the rabbit hole, and mm-hmm. you just forever search. You know what I mean? It opens yes. up your mind. Yeah, there's um, like layers. We have so yeah, many layers, like an onion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey guys, just a quick one. Didn't want to stop you listening to that excellent story that's within this podcast right now, but I just wanted to give you a shout out. If you yourself have enjoyed this podcast so far and believe that you have your own story to tell, then why not get in touch with me today? Just reach out by searching Still Worth the Journey. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and any other platform. If you've got a story to tell, share yours with me today. Let's get right back into this week's episode. Exactly. Yeah, when I work yeah. uh, with one-on-one with clients, we do. I always incorporate breathing. So when we're when we're stressed, when we're afraid, we hold our breath and we tense our body. And so over a period of time, that like, you know, tension. And I read recently, uh, it was like a Harvard study where they said that panic attacks are caused from holding the breath. And so what happens is that holding, holding, and our body's not getting the oxygen it needs. And so then what happens is the heart starts, pop, pop, you know beating really fast yeah. and then the mind goes into more fear and worry because you know something's wrong my heart is racing which leads to more holding and then this panic feeling this <gasps> you know this it, our body's like forcing us yeah. <laughs> back into to, to breathing to, yeah 
Yeah. So when we um, when we take slow, long, deep diaphragmatic breath, like into our belly and our chest, it um, it stimulates our vagus nerve. And it forces our body, it forces our nervous system to go, to move from that fight or flight, you know, stress state into rest, digest, and relax state. And so breathing is like one of the most that I've experienced and with my clients, like one of the most profound ways to just switch our nervous system out of like whatever emotion it is. And it's not yeah. like take a deep breath, calm down. It's like keep breathing <laughs> until <laughs> you it, calm yeah. down. Yeah, until you feel that. Yeah, it could take a while as well. I've tried the breathe. Like I'm new to meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Since starting this podcast, it's helped me a lot because I'm speaking to people. Um, yes. I've said this many a times before on this podcast. People that I have on here help my mentality massively. I've, I've literally changing over time i can see it the only thing that's hanging around like i'm no i don't I no longer feel depressed i no longer feel like that every morning i do mm-hmm. um when it's dark outside and i'm like well, what you know i feel numb like a real numbness so then i'll flick over to my amazon and put on the meditation stuff they're like yeah was it 635 hertz or 935 mm. hertz or classical music yeah and i'll be driving along and people be looking at me they're like is he listening to classical music? And I'm like, well, it chills yep. me out, mate. You know, yes. I need that chill time before I get into the big world of work. Yes. Because being a truck driver, there's a lot of road rage. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. on the roads that want to get someplace. But me being in a truck, I'm 50 foot long, 45 foot long, yeah. getting around and dealing with all these whizzing cars and stuff. And you need to find that calm because if you don't, yes. it's, it's going to be a total madness. Yeah, those, you're riding in a death know. machine there. Like you've got to yeah, be like, calm and peaceful. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah, our, you were talking about that anger and, and the layers. And I was uh, from from the hypnotherapy standpoint, our our mind from like from when we're born until the age of 10, our mind is like a sponge. We call it like the subconscious mind. And we're just absorbing information and we're starting to have beliefs about ourselves and about the world. And then from about 10, that subconscious closes. And my hypnotherapy teacher would say that we're all running around, educated 10 year olds, trying to make sense of our inner mother, our inner father, and our inner child and it's like from from those ages we just and then so it's like uh people say i'll i'll believe it when i see it right but actually our our consciousness works the opposite we believe something and then we see it we experience it and that's why you'll see people like why do i keep making these same mistakes or why does this keep happening to me or why you know things are especially at like our age you know we've lived long enough to like start noticing like oh there's some patterns there and so what it is is that we were like wearing these glasses that are our beliefs. And if you're wearing red glasses, then you see red and you experience red. You all of a sudden you put on yellow glasses and the vision, oh, things things start to look different. 
So with uh, hypnotherapy is to go into those, like that pre-program, that subconscious, and then to change those uh, belief systems that are maybe not serving us so well. Like maybe we have some coping mechanisms that, you know, may have worked when we were younger, but not so much <laughs> as we get older. In adult life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's absolutely, it's mad though, isn't it, to think like that? Yeah. So, yeah. Did can you remember a point where this practice of yours really helped you? Is there a moment in time where you're like, like you said before, when people are like, oh, this won't work on me. Have you ever had one of those moments, like an epiphany where it's like, wow, I'm going to yeah. try it on myself and it's worked? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So in my training, the first thing, like my goal was, is this like layers of this anger, this like sort of like uh, spurts that would come out. And I remember it being, I don't know, four or five months after I graduated. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, I don't remember the last time I was that angry. Like it's, it's a very subtle work. And so it wasn't like this immediate, like, oh, okay, now I'm all better or something. But it was like a, a dawning, like a very subtle change that all of a sudden, like those things that were bothering me and aggravated, they were just like those triggers just like dissipated. And I also, so my younger daughter was, I think, six months when I started my training and I had uh, put on maybe like 50 pounds when I was pregnant with her. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't like I was like huge. I wasn't huge, but, you know, for me, it was like uncomfortable. So one of the uh, techniques we learned was about how we um, envision ourselves. And so if we change the vision of ourselves, how we see ourselves, then our body responds. So I had done this uh, meditation and created like this self-image. I want to be this weight and I want to look like this. And um, I don't know, it was probably was a period of six months and that was all I did I just changed my thought I didn't change my eating I wasn't like exercising a bunch or anything and I actually got down below the weight I had intended for myself and so then I actually was like oh I need to put on some weight at this point you know <laughs> gone too low so yeah I've had it uh, and one, I guess one more uh, major life event, um, about five years ago, my, my father passed away suddenly and he was, you know, my best friend, like we would talk every day. And, um, and so after his passing, there was obviously a lot of grief. And so every evening after taking care of the kids and the family and managing everything, I would sit and I would just like sit in those that that pain you know that sorrow and and feel it and breathe through it and um and yeah i feel like it, it's in a way it like saved me <laughs> through through mm -hmm. that process and not just me i i've seen this you know with with clients who are who are dealing with with grief and loss that they're able to use like their breath and then their conscious uh like meditation to to like alleviate and to like pass through that that grief yeah it's just quite well stuff that you've gone through then so you at one moment you're thinking you've put the weight on mm -hmm. but you you know you're pregnant you're bound to mm -hmm. so that's just a normal yeah. body reaction isn't it putting on mm -hmm. 
but the, the but the loss of your father is the major one there. Mm. Yeah, you know yeah, that was that. that I'm I'm not there. I don't. I've not seen my dad for years. You know, um, to think about losing him, I think that'll be a different conversation I'd have to have with myself. Yeah, even though we're not we're not like best buddies anymore mm-hmm. or whatever due to past events and that. But yeah, that'd be hard to deal yeah. with. But at yeah. least it it puts you in a place where you're qualified to speak mm-hmm. to somebody as well that's grieving. You can offer that support for what they went through yeah. because you can relate in a way. Mm-hmm. And the breathing work, if it's worked, then hopefully there is a light at the end of it. There is a, there is a way out from yeah. feeling the way that you do. I mean, you'll never forget. Obviously, no. you'll never forget that no. the look, you know, your, your father and that lot would mm-hmm. always be there in your memories, alive yeah. in your memories. Mm-hmm. But what's left behind, if you've got the, the kids as well on your own, you're going through what you're going through with your ex husband. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, that's a, it's lot. a lot. It's a lot of stuff. And I <laughs> to feel see like you were smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to tell me that yeah. you're 44 when you don't look a day over 30. So you've obviously <laughs> done something right. <laughs> This breathing work obviously does something. <laughs> it definitely it's it does. And and you're right, like uh I feel like whatever any client comes in with, like I'm prepared to sit with them and and like hold space. You know, I don't know if I like the word hold space, but that's like kinda like what people use. But like to sit with them and to like encourage them to feel their feelings and I, I tell my clients because I've experienced so many emotions it's like generally like we live in a society where um like big feelings it's like as we grow up we're like taught like oh I'll give you something to cry about you know don't cry or you know we're in this sort of like how are you doing oh I'm fine and and there's like this no no like room for big emotions and we we kind of learn like oh i have this feeling it's not a good feeling i shouldn't feel it or if i do feel it it's going to consume me or if i feel it i won't feel anything else right it's like going to overwhelm me yeah. and um and i've experienced those big feelings and been able to like to move through them and what i've learned and what i share you know what i teach is that no one feeling lasts forever like all feelings pass and when we're trying so hard not to feel something that's actually already there when we repress that emotion we're not just uh repressing like anger or sadness we're repressing and it means that even our ability to experience joy and love it becomes diminished because we're working yeah, so yeah. hard to like put that down. And so when we can in a like safe loving environment like face those those feelings or those fears and receive love on the other end and and like accept that part of ourselves, then our ability for joy and for connection just grows significantly because our energy isn't going towards like pushing something away. Exactly, yeah. You're harnessing that. I mean, there is days where I don't know what part of the, the, the body this comes from, but say, like, I've gone with what I've gone through, right? So not as bad as what you've gone through losing someone, but I've I've gone through, you know, trying to end it. I've gone through the depression, the anxiety, the panic attacks yeah, um, and stuff like that. 
So when I'm having a really good day, because I put it to the back of my mind, say if I've, there's days, because not every day you're down, sure. not every day no, you, no. you're feeling yeah. like, you yeah. know, but there's days where I find myself excited and happy. Okay. And then when my brain, it's almost my brain forces me to think, well, what about that? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you feel guilty for feeling happy. Yeah. And then you go back in yourself again. I don't know what that is. That's someone said it on the podcast before they call it one of the senses in the brain. It's the, um, it's like a bad guy in your head mm-hmm. that literally wants to keep showing you. It keeps turning up whenever you're mm-hmm. feeling good about yourself. He's there to knock you back down and say, get back down here kind of thing. It's, yeah. I forget the word that they use. They, they use the word for this person. <laughs> well, we, we would uh. like in, in my field. So we call it like a part. Like there's a part of ourselves that's like an inner critic, you could say. And that's, that's what it's called, yeah, the inner critic. Yeah, the yes. inner critic. Yeah. So all, yeah. according, you know, to what I've learned and experienced and taught, it's like all parts of ourselves, even that critic, wants the best for us. But it's like as our, our consciousness developed, that part, that critic kind of developed to like protect us from something. You know, we might not consciously know what it is. So it like comes up to like, hey, you know, like be careful, be careful. It's like a warning, right? But uh, so with the work that I do is we we learn to like acknowledge that that critic and then to kind of say like, hey, you know, I know you want to like benefit me. I know you want to help me, but the way you're going about it is actually causing harm. So can I give you, yeah, can I give you a new job? (laughs) And because yeah. it's just, it's actually just a part of our consciousness. It's a part of ourselves. And when we're in that, like, I would say like hypnotic or meditative state, we're more receptive to, to, to change really to change our consciousness. And so then we give that part like a new job, you know, to say like, Hey, isn't it great? You're feeling good. Or, you know, go out and take a walk. Your energy yeah. is low. And, or like when we're sick, you know, and some, that voice comes in, like, you're so lazy. What are you doing? <laughs> and it's like, Hey, yeah. can you tell me like yeah. you're healing with every breath, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just something, <laughs> something different. Yeah. So yeah. Learning to like observe our consciousness and then to, to see like those parts that aren't necessarily like doing the best for us. And then, and then it's, I've seen it, I've experienced, like it's quite possible to change that dynamic and have more, I don't know if it's like inner harmony or just like alignment with the, the, not like multiple personalities, but just like parts of our, of our psyche. Yeah. That makes it so. What would you do with that? Would you, would you normally write stuff down? like a like a journal kind of thing of all the things that you're thinking of to work out where it's basically so you can rewire it you know like you do with like a dream diary mm-hmm. you wake up in the middle and you write down oh, I've, I've had this dream and then perhaps two weeks later you've had the same dream it's reoccurring would you do the same with with these critical moments in life as well like with the way that you're feeling you, you can find a pattern in, you, in you stuff. can write it down like if uh like if a client comes to me and they have like a harsh inner critic so we go into like a like a deep to me okay i'll just explain real quick to me hypnosis um meditation and our imagination are all like almost the same thing and we're using different words but like we're we all have this ability to like imagine right imagine good or imagine our problems 
And so when a client comes in with that harsh inner critic, we'll, we, we kind of go through stages. Like I have uh, different things, like different techniques that I teach to like build up to that stage to have that inner dialogue, but we'll actually like have an inner sanctuary, like your safe place. It could be like the beach or the mountains or somewhere where you like to be. And then we invite that critic, that personality in. And then we at, we'll have a dialogue like, hey, so like, what is your purpose? What are you, what are you yeah. trying? What's, what's the message you're trying to send me here? And very often it's a protective thing. It's, a, you know, I don't feel safe and this is the way to feel safe. And then, and so then we like work through like, well, what do you need to feel safe or what do you need to feel protected or loved? And so we dialogue with that part, like love and accept it. And then once it's sort of revealed what, what the needs are of that part, then we kind of will invite in like the adult self to, to usually it's like a inner child, I'll say, but not always. But then like our higher self or like our conscious mind to come in and educate that part like, hey, so that's not really working anymore. And this this would be a lot better if you could do this instead. Do you agree to do this? And then 99.9, you know, the parts like, yeah, OK, yeah, cool. Because it's like it still wants a job <laughs> like it, it needs yeah. a, a it's not like we can just like delete something from our consciousness like all of these parts of they're all parts of ourselves so then we we negotiate and and find you know something that it can do that part of ourselves and i had uh, most recently i had a client and um you know not to share too much personal but she had experienced uh you know, a scary moment in her life. And so her inner critic was there to, to protect her from this, from this moment. And so what we did is, you know, we got, we gave the part a new job. And then the next week we, um, we went into that memory where she felt unsafe. And I was like, just like watching a movie. Like if you were going to rewrite the script for this scene in the movie, like how would you want it to go? And so in that time, mm. she had a voice. She was protected. She actually protected other, you know, uh, personalities, like friends of hers that weren't in real life. So then in this memory, she, she changed it to where she actually felt empowered and she empowered others. And the next week she came in and she was like, you know, it's not that I don't remember, but it's like that new vision that's what's like in the forefront of my mind now and i don't feel like those emotional triggers anymore so it's not like we're wow. erasing anything but we're we're Just changing rewriting. yeah and that's possible because we talked about like we have that critical mind but we have our subconscious mind and through our imagination through meditation through self-hypnosis we access that subconscious and the subconscious it doesn't know fantasy from reality. It's like a visual creature. Yeah. And so my favorite example, uh, how our subconscious uh, like changes our emotions when we're young and like pre-dating, just like at the point of when you start having those crushes, you know, you see someone mm. and you're like, oh, you know, they're cute. And so it happens, we see that person and then we start to think about them and we're in school or we're home and we're like imagining like, oh, I'll bump into them again and they'll say this to me and we'll do this together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're in love and no one can tell you like, that's not love. You're like, no, 
I'm in love and everything tastes better. <laughs> Life is joyful. Like this is the best thing ever. And there's been no, like no kissing, no touching, no, you know, they might not even know your yeah. name. So exactly, through our, yeah. our imagination, we've like come into this very real feeling of love. And we created it through like our thinking. And then as we get older, the tendency is like this problem, the problem that happened in the past, and this problem that might happen in the future. And our energy goes down yeah. and life becomes dull and depressing. And so when we, we kind of like lose that sense um, or that connection as we get older. And so, yeah, what I teach is like, come back into that, come back into that loving space, come back into that loving, that feeling, because nothing actually, when we can access that subconscious and direct it, it doesn't know that you didn't really have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It just knows what's going on in, through the imagination. And that's, so we can, that's powerful. it is, it's beautiful. It's like, it's so amazing. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about all the millionaires out there as well. <laughs> Imagine they can totally rewrite their career path just by thinking in that kind of way, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Cause I do remember yeah. that stage, what you mm -hmm. mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, when you're in love and you're like that. And then the next day you go up to them and they're like, who are you again? You're like, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've mapped yeah. out our whole life. We've got kids yeah, and dogs. Yeah, we're married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I got the white picket and, fence picked that's out. That's powerful. Yeah. 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 So, so, hmm? so if I was to come to your clinic, what is the clinic that you that you run? What's the name of it? So, um, For anybody I listening have, out there. Uh, the Prana Academy. And uh, like I told you before we started, um, you can put me in front of any number of people. A stadium, I'm fine. But put me in front of a website builder. So I am in process and progress, but I have the Prana Academy on Facebook, Instagram, and my website. And um, essentially, you know, I do group classes. I do one-on-one -on -one session couples. I had uh, someone uh, have me go to their family home, and I did like five or six of their family members all together, and we did like greeting together. Wow. And so just depending, um, you know, in a group, it's a little different because I can give like general information, but yeah. in a one-on-one -on -one setting, then, you know, usually we go from like six to nine weeks in general, if you practice at the end of those, that time frame, you've, you've got the tools, you understand them, you know how to like access that subconscious and you have lots of, uh, like a internal playground so to speak wow. where we can yeah it's and i you know i have clients i had one uh last year and she finished up with me uh we did six sessions and she's like madhavi you know i really liked working with you it was amazing um i don't know how to tell you this but i don't think i need you anymore <laughs> and i was like yes that's that's so what I want to hear. Great you know? at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I have others who it's like, I'm like, hey, how's your practice going? You know, we've been seeing each other for a while. Like, oh, I'm not, I don't, it's just when I see you, that's, that's my time for this. And so, you know, I'm yeah. not complaining. It's nice, you know, of course, earning an income is great. But my, my intent in teaching is like, we all have this ability. It's within us. We do it unconsciously. And now it's just, turning it around and being conscious about it yeah so if i was to come 
to say mm-hmm. the the Prana Academy mm-hmm. as me, mm-hmm. my first day, and I'm, I'm I'm coming in, I'm sitting down, and I wanted that inner child back to mm-hmm. give me away from all of this anger that's inside me, mm-hmm. the depression that I get on mm-hmm. on days, not as not as it used to be, it's not mm-hmm. as dark as what it used to be. Mm-hmm. What would you do from what? How would that work out? So, if, like, if anyone's listening, obviously, how would this process work? It sounds so wonderful that I want to try it. And I mm-hmm. imagine listeners are like hanging on the chairs, like what's the secret? <laughs> what is the secret to this? Because this sounds like, you know, you could bottle it up and sell it for millions of pounds. That's what I'm working on. That's why the website's got to come up. <laughs> You've got yeah, to get because, that website. Yeah, get it done. <laughs> you know, I, I teach something that, that works. You know, it consistently has a positive effect and you know it's not snake oil it's these are if you you know research like breathing diaphragmatic breathing effects on the body if you research you know um the power of hypnotherapy you'll you'll see like these are you know tried and true tested techniques so if you came to me um depending on where your like emotion level was at when you come in um, we do, yeah. we create like personalized affirmations. So we, I have a, I actually have a worksheet. And so we uncover like, what is that inner dialogue saying? Like, what are you, what negative beliefs are you holding about yourself? And then we create like, not good enough. Yeah. So there you go. So like, rather than feeling not yeah. good enough, I want to feel. I want to feel just want to feel normal that's the the realist thing yeah i just want to feel Uh normal like i fit in Mm -hmm. like i fit in so yeah so we would we we get the negative and then we get the positive and then we create like affirmations because like the mind is it doesn't stop it's like always always moving and so like there's a sort of like an inner dialogue that's happening. So the affirmations that we create are like based on your your words, your beliefs, and the things that you desire. And so then you start to say these affirmations and it's like you're you're changing that inner dialogue. Like you catch yourself, oh I'm I'm worthless. No, no, no. I fit in. I'm loved. I'm connected. And so that's like well, okay. the the like baseline like of just getting that like adjusting. And I incorporate breathing into everything that I teach because it's such, it's like such an effective way to relax the nervous system, to relax the mind. And when we're relaxed, then our, our consciousness is more receptive. And I also do, so for like big emotions, for trauma, for grief, I do like a longer, um, it's the whole session's two hours. You're not breathing two hours but i would say you're breathing between like 45 and 60 minutes of that time and that is like peeling the layer of the onion like you're gonna feel like a a, like a sense of relief like a lightness come over you and so with that like type of shift and that length of time then on your own it's like you know the difference in the sensations you'd know like what it really feels like to have that shift in your nervous system and it brings like more awareness to like throughout the day am i breathing or am i holding and then if you're holding you know what to do to keep you know because it's like we can peel a layer off but then we can just take 10 more on you know so we don't want to do that we want to like kind of peel and we want to like refill with 
those intentions, with those affirmations. And, um, and so that I talked a little bit, we have the inner sanctuary, like being able to come into a meditative space and like go to your safe place, like that place you feel good because the subconscious doesn't know that you're not physically there. It just takes it like, yeah, I am yeah. at the beach, you know, and I have one guy, um, I do this thing, it's called core transformation. And it's like, what would feel better? What would feel better? So he's like, you know, my, my sanctuary is the beach. Okay, great. All right. So you're on the beach. How do you feel? Well, I feel good. All right. What would feel better than good? Like you have a magic genie there. What do you want? Well, I want a hammock. All right. Imagine you have your hammock. Now you're laying on the hammock at the beach. The wind is blowing. Sun's on your skin. How do you feel? Why well, feel peaceful? Well, what would feel even better than that? A cold beer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So imagine your cold beer. All right. I got my cold beer in my hand. I'm like, what would feel even better than this? And he's like, nothing. Like, this is bliss. <laughs> like, just being there at the beach, no distractions, you know? And so then because he had that experience now it's like he can retreat internally back to the beach back to that moment and recreate all of those good feelings because they're already there and we're just kind of like guiding our mind back into that space and so whatever yeah some people it's the mountains or the meadows and uh yeah i don't want to reveal all my secrets you know but you get <laughs> the idea yeah, no, I, so I, I there's you know, stages and each, each session builds upon the next. And so that we're, we're like building a castle in our mind. We're building like a safe space and a place where we're, we can feel those big feelings and release them and feel okay and safe about it and not like vomit it up on somebody else or like repress it within ourselves. Yeah. Um, one more thing I'll, I'll say, and then uh, if you have more questions, but uh, I read, so I read also another Harvard study that we have uh, three kinds of tears. We have blinking tears. We have eye irritant tears and something gets stuck in the eye and we have crying tears. So our crying tears are chemically 80% cortisol. And I'm not sure if you know what cortisol is, but cortisol is a toxin. I've heard a, of it, but I'll be honest. Yeah, it's a it's a stress <laughs> yeah, hormone. I don't know what it is. So when we're stressed, this cortisol builds up in our brain. It goes into our bloodstream, and you know, doctors will say stress causes illness. There's like this direct correlation. But what is it like yeah. on a physiological level? This stress is cortisol. And so our tears, our crying tears, are 80% of this toxin coming out of our body. So just like, you it's know, actually healing. you go to the bathroom, you don't hold that in. You're not like, I'm too strong, you know, I'm too strong to poop. I don't need to, <laughs> you know, poop. Yeah. It's, it's like. <laughs> Get back in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> when we're when we're holding in our tears, we're like holding that poison in our body, and um, and you know, dot, no no medical professional has ever told me like, hey, you know, you're stressed, maybe you should cry, you know. Like, in fact, it's generally the opposite in our yeah. society. Like, hold it in, be strong, but really, like, it's our yeah. body's like natural mechanism to to relieve stress. So I think really you know good. we should all we should have crying schools, or we should just at least feel. Like we have a safe space for that. 
Yeah, definitely. Especially for men as well, because we just mm-hmm. don't show our emotions. We don't yeah. like to cry in public. Mm-hmm. I think I've only ever cried once, like properly, properly yeah. cried once. And that was six months after my nan passed away. The grieving wow. just hit me. Yeah. And it, it was where it's inconsolable mm-hmm. and it can't stop and it can't mm-hmm. stop and it can't stop. And I'll tell you what, the relief you feel after you've had yes. that cry, though. Yeah. I understand what you're saying yeah. because you feel so light mm-hmm. and so like. <sighs> yeah, it's a relief. That was good to get out. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it really was a relief because mm-hmm. I didn't realize it. For those six months of when my nan passed, she was my best friend. And when she passed away, that's no, okay. All right. We can pause it here. I can pause it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Give me yeah, one yeah, second. Yeah, I'll mark the, I'll mark the clip. <laughs> All right. That's fine. <laughs> So we're back. <laughs> I forget where we was, but I will touch on like so so previous she was on about the guy that was visualizing himself on the beach with a cold beer, absolutely bliss. And he was in a perfect position. What happens if there's people like me that are finding it hard to visualize these things? in our own heads we try to manipulate our own brains to think we're there but but our brain keeps telling us no you're in your bedroom with people around you kind of thing so i'm going to ask you a question and just the first thing that comes to your head describe to me a bell ringing ding i don't know just dings (laughs) okay so for you it was the sound that came first right it was like ding so for some people they'll be they'll describe like this ornate bell and then they'll describe some vibration and then the sound and so we we have these senses we are visual we're auditory and we're kinesthetic which is like the kinesthetics like the physical sensation and we all have all three but we all have like a predominating sense so some people, visual is the first thing. Some people, they're auditory beings and some are kinesthetic. And so depending on, so like if you came to me, we would figure that out. Like right now we figured out like auditory is your is like the first thing. Yeah. And so when I guide someone into self-hypnosis um, and also knowing it like about yourself, so the idea is with meditation, right? We're taking our external senses and we're bringing them into like an internal realm and so if we know what our predominating sense is then we want to absorb that one first so like if i was to take you to the beach then i would have you like lay down close your eyes we do some breathing get you relaxed and then it's like hear the sounds of the waves hear the sounds of the seagulls listen to the sounds of maybe children laughing in the background and i bet right now i can see on your face like I, uh, yeah you're I can like see yeah that. totally yeah. totally i can hear the seagull <laughs> the children running around yeah and the waves crashing yeah. uh-huh that's mad so okay yeah, so, okay so we just believe bring in a different sense and we absorb that sense first and then when that sense is there then we bring in another one like feel the warmth of the sun on your skin and feel the breeze you know maybe there's some mist from the ocean waves coming across your face and then when that's like fully absorbed then i'd be like okay now open your eyes like not actually open your eyes, but like the inner eyes. And like, and so I did this actually when, um, when I was in my training and it, it's 
it's cool that I got to experience this, but one of um, the teacher trainers uh, in my in my class, she had graduated before me. She's like, I can't see, you know, I just, I can't, I, I'm not a visual person. I can't see. So it took me like about an hour and I like brought her in, you know, through sound, through kinesthetic. And then when it was like, she was really absorbed in all that, I was like, okay, now open your eyes. And she goes, oh, I can see. Wow. And like, for me, it was an experiment, right? It was an experiment, but you know, I was lucky because I learned that early on that actually, you know, we can we can utilize all of these things, and we can be visual people when we don't think we are. But it's just about like our senses are, are constantly looking for external stimulation, and the mind is always running. And so it takes, it takes patience, it takes practice and repetition and knowing like these things about ourselves to be able to like bring that from outside to inside. And then once yeah. you can, it's like, it's like riding a bike, like, oh, okay, that was easy. I know exactly what to do and I can just sit here, breathe and, and like go back to, go back to the beach and, and feel all these things and hear these things. So yeah, that's what I would do if, yeah, if someone that sounds came amazing. in. Yeah. That sounds amazing. See, I, I get so envious online when I see these people just sat there mm-hmm. for like what seems like hours. They're just still. Mm-hmm. So still. Mm-hmm. But their face looks at peace. And I'm like, I, I want that. How, 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 yeah. how do I tap into that? Because, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, so is there like different types of meditation for different feelings or for different people? So say like you've just found out I'm aud- audible or what did you say? The, auditory. The, the audio, yeah. uh, auditory. Uh, auditory. Sorry, yeah. my words, honestly, I'm really rubbish. Okay. <laughs> so auditory. Are there meditations that are aimed at that? So say if there's people out there that are just visionary or auditory or I'll say my word physical. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. obviously oh, actually physical might be a bit of a hard one if you're listening to it. You'd have to rub your hands in something, I suppose, or something, <laughs> or have well, your missus or your, your husband or something. <laughs> like in general, you know, because like what I do is is specific. You know, what what the tools that I'm teaching um, is to like bring our our mind, our consciousness from outside to inside, and to like to change. The things that maybe aren't, you know, helping us, the parts of ourselves that aren't serving us or to to like work through feelings of trauma or stress or even honestly, like I've I've had clients with like severe arthritis and after like doing a session, their their mobility increases and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like their their pain is like significantly diminished. So. So like that's, you know, my purpose is more like therapeutic uh, intentions through these practices. But there's there's walking meditation, like there's uh, chanting, which is like, you know, singing and saying prayers. And um, so there's there are like lots of different types of meditation. And so we might gravitate towards, you know, one type or another, but I think the goal of all of them and like really of all like living things, we all respond to to love. We like all want yeah. to feel love. And they've done studies with uh with plants and they put like 
two plants in a classroom and every morning the kids come in and one plant they're like you're horrible we hate you you're so ugly and the oh. other plant yeah the other plant oh, you're beautiful i love you and same water same sunlight but the plant with a negative word dies and the plants with the positive word thrives and they've done oh. um I forgot his name. There was a Japanese man, but they, they froze these water crystals and each one had like a positive or a negative word on it. And, and so when they froze, they all looked like snowflakes, but the ones with the negative words were like, um, like you could say misshapen and, or not symmetrical. And the ones with the positive words look like, you know, your typical beautiful snowflake. And symmetrical, so our, yeah. our bodies, <laughs> Our bodies are what, like 70% water, something like that, 78% water. So we're, and also um, like science says that everything has a frequency, like even dead matter, there's like a frequency of the molecules, right? And so we're, we're like vibrating either a positive frequency, like to ourselves, yeah. and then out, but it starts here and then out, or we're in a negative frequency. And so if we like adjust what's going on inside, like, and really like in the end, it's love. Like my hypnotherapy teacher, he said, we have two emotions, love and fear. And everything else like is coming down from one of those. And so like my, my intention with all of my clients is like, you know, no matter what they say they want, I know what really like deep down, it's like, no, you want to feel that loving connection and we want to like vibrate that like with ourselves and with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers. And so, yeah, the more, uh, so all of these meditation practices, yoga practices, like all of them is really just like to help us attune to that, like I'll call it like yeah. a loving vibration and, you know, I like the science of things, but I, I feel like there's some things that, you know, science, you know, they can't quite <laughs> explain. Yeah. And uh, yeah, with the work that I do, I've just seen like so many, I can only describe them as miracles and not because like, oh, I'm some great healer or whatever. It's like, no, because like we use these tools and we tune into ourselves and we find the problem areas and we work to shift them. And then like physical, mental, emotional, like all kind of things. And I've had people like come out and, and just be like, oh, this happened to me. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like, how is it possible? You know, I don't fully <laughs> yeah, understand, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's definitely give me a lot more like faith in, in these tools and these practices and um, in my, in my desire to like, to teach. <laughs> yeah. Is, do you have to be, you know, you've got some of these people that it's working for. Is there any people out there that it might be harder to work for uh, or doesn't really work for? Is, is there people that are susceptible to, to that kind of thing? So um, I would say there's people who it works faster for, like where they're yeah. like, you know, I was saying earlier, like they practice and they're like every day doing these things and they feel the difference like significantly and then there's those that they just feel the difference in the you know hour or two hours that we're together and then things kind of like 
you know and so it's like the no matter what i will say 100% of the time breath work and and the breath work that i teach is different than like a lot of the other like a lot of the schools of breath work these days are like a very rapid intense kind of breathing and sometimes you get disease sometimes your like hands will tighten up and it can like i've met a lot of people who are like i'm never doing that again because <laughs> it can be very <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> so the the yeah. breathing i teach is like very slow very gentle very easy to practice and i'll say 100 percent of the time like people who who sit with me and and do this even for 15 or 20 minutes like they feel the relaxation set in and that's because it's working wow. on a physiological level like we're assisting our nervous system in relaxing it's like yeah. a natural body process you could say see i need that see i do try that i do try and breathe from the diaphragm i use my nose quite a lot because i think it, mm -hmm. you get a better air than you do mm -hmm. with your mouth kind mm -hmm. of thing mm -hmm. um but yeah i must admit after about three minutes i'm like mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like trying to stay away uh -huh. yeah. and then you've got the thoughts coming into your head the thoughts mm -hmm. are coming into your head mm -hmm. that inner critics there mm -hmm. or as the, the previous guest i had on who's i've shown mm -hmm. you the picture that she drawn me mm -hmm. uh t bless her she calls it the inner monkey and if you've uh -huh. got a problem, give it to the monkey and the monkey yeah. will hold on to it all day so you can nice. carry on with your day. And I love that little interpretation yeah. of that because mm -hmm. it, it makes sense, so especially cute. for me, because I feel like all of us boys have got cheeky little monkeys inside of mm -hmm. us. I really do. <laughs> um, but hyp hypnotherapy, right? So uh, explain this because I'm, I've, I only know hypnosis from TV. Yeah. I was hypnotized on holiday mm -hmm. in in uh, Mallorca, Spanish island. Uh, yeah. By I think his name was Paul McKenna, which was a famous hypnosis on TV, but he mm -hmm. did the sort of hypnosis that was made made you look stupid to be yeah. honest with you. It made yeah. me do things, right? Mm -hmm. And my mum my mum filmed it. Mm -hmm. And apparently I I don't get this right. This <laughs> apparently it happened to me and everybody in the audience, like loads of these people were sat down and it didn't work. And my mum filmed the whole lot on my camcorder mm -hmm. because she said she couldn't believe that it was working. And that there was this, he gave you this skeleton, this like blow up skeleton. He said, that's your baby. And apparently I said, that's not my baby. It's white. I'm, I'm brown. Like, uh. <laughs> And I don't remember any of this. So I don't know. Uh -huh. Does hypnosis work or is this a di different hypnosis that you're on about? Uh-huh. Did you volunteer for that, like to go up on stage no, or whatever? No, no, he just my mom just... forced me on stage. She says, "Get up there and enjoy yourself." Yeah, it literally pushed me, and there was all these other adults. I was only young. Uh -huh. I was like uh -huh. seventeen, okay. seventeen or eighteen. I must yeah. have been eighteen because I was allowed to drink uh -huh. beer. So yeah, I was about yeah. eighteen. Mm -hmm. But my mom watched this bloke on TV, so she mm -hmm. took us to this night, okay. and she says, "You're going up. I ain't going up. Mm -hmm. I ain't going up." I ain't... Get up next minute and I'm there and I'm just like, ah, mom, this don't work. I've seen this on TV loads of times. Mm. It's it's just entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. Someone's just going to be, yeah, I'm I'm under, I'm under, and mm. and then after my mom showed me this video because I didn't think I thought, yeah, it's a load of rubbish, mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she showed me the video at the hotel and I was like, hey, that, how can that be? <laughs> and I've always wanted to know how mm -hmm. how that mm -hmm. how does that work? Is, so, is this similar to what you do, or is that? 
like a different so that's realm. like, like more stage, show, that's yeah we call yeah. it like stage hypnosis it's not like therapeutic and generally like so my teacher would say that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis so like generally when someone goes up on stage there's like a willingness right to like participate to follow the instructions yeah. of the hypnotist and to go along you know oh is that why you're fine. asked if i walked up yeah 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 just to see yeah right i, I think when <laughs> we're younger we're a little bit uh more you could say susceptible or open to like receiving yeah. those instructions i had one lady uh, when i first started my practice she wanted to record the session like she had her phone on her lap and she was recording she wanted to make sure that i didn't do anything wrong or tell her you know anything wrong <laughs> <laughs> but i told her it's not that we're like like tuned out like anyone yeah. on stage even with the stage hypnosis if he was to tell you something that was like completely against your moral principles or values or like empty out your bank accounts or take off all your clothes or you know something like I was that, say, like yeah, our, that that's what i'd be scared yeah, of yeah <laughs> yeah like our conscious mind would like come in there and be like uh no you know i'm not doing that so it's not like we're ever yeah. really like under someone's spell it's like we either choose to like like for like those working with me, like, okay, breathe, focus on your neck and shoulders, let your body relax. So either they're going to accept that suggestion or they're going to be like, no way, you know, I want, I want to stay here yeah. and be stressed out, you know? And so, and yeah. one example, like, uh, we call it highway hypnosis when you're uh, driving the car and you're thinking about whatever, you know, what you're going to do when you get there, what happened before you left, and you miss the exit on the highway. So yeah. you're still driving. It's not like you're, like, completely tuned out. You're you're safe. You're driving. Someone honks at you. You're like, oh, whoops. You know, or a few minutes after you pass the exit, you're like, oh, no, i got to turn around. So it's when our our conscious mind is, like, kind of thinking about something else. And then our subconscious goes on to like this autopilot. Um, so that's that's the kind of like the so like with with the work that I do, we distract the conscious mind through the breath, like focus on the breathing, focus on the body, and then the body goes and the mind goes into a relaxed state, and then it's like okay, now we can go to the sanctuary, or now we can talk to that inner child. Because that that inner critic, that like focus side, is like busy with something else. Yeah, okay, and I know what you mean like that because I've driven before and got to where I'm going. And I'm like, wow, I don't remember going past X, Y, yeah. Z to get here. What, what's yeah. happened? <laughs> what's happened right now? Because yeah. and I imagine loads of people listening to this right now has had that same thing happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because you do it so many times, like driving to work is the best yeah. example because you go mm -hmm. the same route every day and on the way back mm -hmm. and you come on, you're like, that was amazing. I don't remember actually driving past now. Was I asleep? Yeah. <laughs> have I hit anybody? Yeah. And I even have phases where I've mm -hmm. driven next to somebody and I don't know if anybody else gets this, but it's so weird. Mm -hmm. I'll drive next to somebody and I'll feel like, and I've visioned it, which, I, which is weird because vision. Mm -hmm. But I've died. And then I'm waiting for someone to say hello to me to make sure that I'm actually still alive. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's like proper, mm -hmm. man. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'll just, and I'll be like, oh, have I just, have I hit somebody? Am I now mm -hmm. a ghost driving my car? Am I stuck in limbo? Mm -hmm. Am I all right? And then the phone will ring and it's like, hello. 
yeah, 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 I'm here. I'm here. Hello. Yeah, I'm alive. Like, oh, I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that thing happens to me quite a lot. That's quite mm-hmm. fun, that is, because I'm always like, mm-hmm. am I here? Yeah, it's, like, it's just what the happens? way the, the mind works, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dead, yeah. dead surreal. Like, it brings you back. It's like, like but... part of our our consciousness, right? So our 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 conscious mind. It's like you see me, I see you, and we're in our own rooms, so we see like the things around us, like these external things, and it's compared to like the tip of the iceberg, just the stuff we see. And the subconscious is not the bottom of the iceberg. The subconscious is everything under the water. So there's like a oh. vast like expanse. And that's why, you know, we can go into people will recall like childhood memories or some people experience, you know, whether it's fact or not, but they experience past lives or, you know, alien abductions or all kind of like yeah. things that our our conscious mind is like that didn't happen you know but the subconscious (laughs) it's it's everything under the water and um like if you lose let's say you lose your car keys and you can't find them and you're looking you're looking and so like you're consciously forcing like oh i gotta remember where i put them i gotta remember and like the exact opposite happens you can't remember and you don't find them and if you you can try this next time you lose your keys if you just say all right, I'll just, I'll remember in a minute. And then you do something completely opposite to what you're just doing, like go brush your teeth or go play with the kids yeah. or whatever. In a minute, pops up in your mind. And so that we like, we can kind of dip into the, to the oh. subconscious that way through like suggestion, but it only comes when we're not like tr- focusing, not trying so hard that our conscious mind has to kind of, do something else for us to have access to that space. I'm definitely going to try that because I must admit I've lost my keys quite a few times. Oh yeah. And then I go back to the original spot and they're there and you're like, well, they weren't there a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Or have you ever had the one with the USB? Have you had the problem with the USB Mm. where you try and plug it in one way and it doesn't go in. So you turn it around and plug it in the other way. It doesn't go in. You go back to the original way and it goes in. You're like, and then it goes in. What's happening here? Totally. Thing, is that like the, <laughs> the way our mind works? It's like if you run upstairs for something, you get upstairs and you're like, what did I run upstairs for? I've totally mm-hmm. forgot what I needed. And then you run mm-hmm. back downstairs and retrace your steps. And, and then that. you remember. Yeah. 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 It's wild. So I always so, think. Yeah. Yeah. If we can, like age, if we can like learn to kind me. of, yeah, like access that, that, that part of our mind and, and sort of like the way I see it is like um, navigating our consciousness. And we have different, like, you know, there's different brain waves, the alpha, and I don't know them all, but like, you know, there's different brain waves they measured. And like people who are in very deep meditation have different brain waves and those who are like focused on just like what's going on outside. Yeah. And so to me, it's like navigating through our consciousness and, and like helping our, our consciousness evolve because like in my, you know, my through my studies, my living in India and meditation and all these things and just like practical life experience now, it's like there's so much that's out of our control. Like literally nothing is really in our control, not other people, not the weather, not politics, not our, even our own bodily functions. You know, sometimes we're uncomfortable and we don't want to be. And so if all of these external things that we have no control over, even though we try to 
assert control over them. Um, yeah. If they if they dictate, if we give all of those things permission, like oh it's raining and I can't like go have fun that I wanted to, now my day is ruined. So now this thing that we have no control over is it has control over our happiness or our distress yeah. and other, other people or so many scenarios. And so for me, like our, what we do have with practice, but what we can have control over is our consciousness, is that internal reality, is that space. And if we, uh, like in India, the, they say like the very advanced, like yogis or saintly personalities, they're equipoised. It means like, good thing bad thing they don't see the difference those are just things yeah. like what is that's just what is happening but they're they're like situated in their heart they're situated in love or like inner peace and so it doesn't matter what's happening but they go through like great effort to to control their consciousness and to like be able to like go to that depth to to like stay grounded in where they want to be and then that to me that's like real self-control <laughs> i'm not yeah. there yet i'm you know <laughs> aspiring but uh but yeah because i you know i see with my clients i've experienced it that there's just so much that happens to us and around us and you know this this world can be a kind of a dark place you know and it if it's be, like yeah. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, like it is never ending. You can always find something to complain about, always find something to criticize, or you can choose like what is lovely in my life and what is good in my life. Yeah. What can I be grateful for? And even if it's like something simple, like when I've been in my darker phases, I'm like, I'm so grateful for my eyelids. You know, just like yeah. that simple thing. Just but it's a, like, man, yeah. if they weren't there, oh, it would be horrible. Yeah, you'd see everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, my you know, eyes would you dry say that. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't even want to think about that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just staying awake like that all day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be awful. It'd be awful. But no, so what, just the little things. What you're saying there is something that I've been practicing this week, actually, what you've just said there. it's mm. um, So I'm trying to work on. What, what anybody anybody that says anything to me that's negative i'm not going to allow their words or their opinions affect the way that i'm feeling or acting or mm. giving myself out to other people mm -hmm. so that's a hard one i'm trying to do yeah um and what was the other thing it was you just touched on it um oh, what was it it's another little thing that i'm doing uh, the, so the gratification thing Mm -hmm. so I've, i'm challenging everybody at the minute i've made this little challenge i've not seen it anywhere else mm -hmm. so i'm going to claim it as mine yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's bound to be somebody out there to say oh, i did that years ago mm -hmm. but so gratification the way i want to do it is the challenge that i'm giving everybody is when you wake up write down three things that you're grateful for mm -hmm. once you've used those three things they are now gone mm -hmm. they don't exist You've already said you're grateful for them. You've used it. That's it. And then the next day, find three more things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're gone now as well. Yeah. And I think you'll be forced to look only for the positives in life rather than looking for the yeah. negatives because you'd be like, right, I need to find something to create. And like you just said, mm -hmm. my eyelids. Yeah, I'm yeah. grateful for them. I, know, I was <laughs> never grateful for them until you just uh -huh. mentioned them. That, and I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. grateful for my eyelids too. And my lips. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so many things we I there's so many things we can we can focus on yeah. and like when so many when we're in gratitude, as well. yeah, and and when we're in gratitude, we we can't be unhappy in a way. Like yeah. if we're feeling gratitude, we're feeling love, we're feeling that those good feelings and it's the opposite of you know the stuff we don't want but as soon as we start yeah. criticizing and we start looking for problems that that rabbit hole never ends i mean it just takes over doesn't and, it and i'm sure you've met those personalities you know it's like nothing ever good yeah. happens and nothing good is in the world and it's like it's a it's a difficult you know really those personalities like i my heart goes out to them because it's like that's a difficult space to to live in you know and so yeah, yeah gratitude journal my i'm not you you weren't the first but my parents used to do a gratitude journal every night they would write like three to five things they were grateful for yeah. every night and go to bed with that like you know that mindset that's a good mindset to have as well to yeah. sleep on such positives yeah. i mean it's like when people say don't go bed angry Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think you should go bed angry because you can work it out through your head, through yeah, your sleep, through your dream, and then hopefully wake up peaceful, mm -hmm. you know, because you've compartmentalized all that rubbish yeah. and you're like, yeah, mm -hmm. screw off kind of thing. <laughs> Plus, it's also good to have a good argument as well, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are in a relationship and whatnot, you, it's mm -hmm. good to let off because if you both agree to the same things over mm -hmm. and over and over again, there's some are going to give. There's some are got to give because I don't think anybody in this world agrees with every single thing that's said. I think no. I think it's quite healthy to to mm -hmm. have those type of arguments. Mm -hmm. But when you're arguing with yourself, when you don't love yourself, then there's no yeah. way you can love anybody else in the world. You've no. got to love yourself first. Absolutely, you've got to put yourself first in some things as well. Because if you're not mm -hmm. fit yourself, then how can you be fit to help others? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I see this all the time with doctors because doctors and nurses, they're running around 24 7 trying yeah. to help others. But then mm. you look at those poor souls, they're yeah. not eating great, they're nope. eating fast foods, they're not looking nope. after their health. Nope. And they need time. Mm -hmm. So I do feel for, for nurses and doctors that are like that, running around the clock. And it's just like, Same. well, who's, who's looking after you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I always do feel like, the, the helper also needs the help as well mm -hmm. kind of thing so important um yeah so, so that brings me around yeah. to one question i wanted to ask you mm -hmm. you know with your father dying mm -hmm. did did you teach this breathing technique to your mother to help her get through or did she already know most of this from the past when she when you were little and stuff like that she, she um She's actually come to some of my workshops and like my oh, group wow. classes. And so, you know, she, she has her, like her coping mechanisms as well, but you know, we both will like through that time, like kind of like give each other hugs and just like hold each other and kind of like breathe and, and just be there and, yeah. you know, cry. And so she, yeah, she, um, she, she, she has a really like amazing outlook on life though my mom like she you know the first you know it's like you still miss the person and i would say like that first year was probably like the hardest for for both of us but um you know she she's 73 she goes out dancing like listens to music oh, with wow. her friends and and goes <laughs> dancing like every weekend 
and uh, she has her girlfriends and they go for brunch or whatever and she exercises like she's fit she has more energy than i do <laughs> so she's since Brilliant. i was like born she started studying natural medicine and like took sugar out of our diets when i was like eight or nine we didn't like it but now i'm like so grateful for her like just educating herself so yeah even actually my dad um he used to get heartburn and he would take tums you know on occasion yeah, and yeah, yeah. so uh one time i was like you know you could get rid of that and he's like oh what you know i'm gonna breathe <gasps> you know he's like making fun of me <laughs> and so the good old dads I'm, yeah yeah dad yeah jokes. exactly like come on <laughs> and i'm like no just try it so he's like all right fine fine you know show me what to do so i showed him this you know this breathing technique focusing like in his solar plexus like where he was feeling the heartburn and you know just a few minutes and then like a week later i came to visit him and he's like i don't take tums anymore and i was like what and he's like yeah i just breathe he's like you were right it worked and i'm like i told you <laughs> so then after That's that amazing. he was like he was a believer yeah and yeah. uh even okay one last story so uh, my dot my older daughter and i we we like bump heads on occasion she was you know we still do sometimes, but like, you know, around like nine, 10 years old, sometimes there's be like these moments. And um, my parents lived in the same neighborhood. So like, she'd be mad and she'd be like, I'm going to grandpa's house. And I'm like, yep. please, you know, go. So <laughs> there she <I> had, <laughs> yeah, I've called my parents up like, oh, hey, she's on her way. Good luck. You know, <laughs> so I had yeah. learned this, this technique in, in hypnotherapy training about how like even how we perceive others can affect like our relationship with them and how like if we change our perception of others that they can also change so i didn't yeah. put much like thought to it but we had gotten into this big fight so before going to bed i like i visualized the fight and then i, I rewrote they were talking about like rewriting the script so like i rewrote the movie of our fights so that it started lovingly and it ended lovingly and each you know our whole conversation was like completely different and to get there from like where it was to where i wanted it to be you know there'd be like moments yeah but then she said this and so i'm like all right start over so I had to like backtrack quite a few yeah. times to really be able to like feel it and see it completely how I wanted it to. And so the next day she she's hanging out with my dad and he calls me up and he's like, what did you do to her? Like, that's how I, I answer the phone. Hello. He's like, what did you do to her? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> what did I do to her? And he's like, she's like so happy. She's bubbly. She's like different. Like something's changed. Like, what did you do? And I'm like, well, like I meditated a little bit, you know, on her and I explained, you know, what I'd done. And he's like, no, 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 that's not it. Like, no way, whatever. That's weird. Okay. Well, like so, she's, a, she's at your mom and dad's house and you're meditating. Yeah. And I, had, so, I had the night. So oh. it was like I had meditated at night and then the next day she had gone over there and he noticed like some shift in her. So, but he, he like, you know, whatever that, that's, that's not real Madhavi, you know, whatever. So then about like three, four months later, we had a little tiff and I did the same thing. And this time, she, you know, because she was over here, over at my parents a lot. So, but the next day after I'd done the meditation, like three months later after the first one, my dad calls me up and he goes, did you do that thing again? 
And I'm like, what, what thing? He goes, did you, did you do that meditation thing again? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, no way. How does that, that's important. Like, how does it work? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was just like a technique that they taught me. And I just, you know, figured I might as well try it. So even like, just from my own experience, like even our perception of others, like how we envision ourselves, but how we envision the people we love and we hold them to like this idea. And when we change that idea, not necessarily, you know, I don't know that it changes them, but I think it changes like the way that we, we interact with them. And therefore, like they're yeah. going to respond differently to us. So, yeah, I thought that was like a interesting story. <laughs> It was magic. Yeah, it's like magic, isn't it? I quite mm -hmm. like it's like giving. I mean, me and my, we, I've never had something like that. But the, the, the one thing that I have had in my life is where me and my cousin have dreamt about the same girl. Mm. We never met the girl. Never mm -hmm. even saw the girl. The girl wasn't even real. Yeah. And we were younger, and we were mm. tiptailing as we used to do as cousins. We mm -hmm. was building skate ramps okay. at night. <laughs> and we'll tip top and tail we call it so you, well, you're mm -hmm. in the same bed but you, you're upside down and the other one's facing the other way in bed mm -hmm. like and we're only young and we had the, we, we both woke up and we said oh, i had a dream and he went what about i went a blonde dead girl in a red dress he went yeah i had that dream oh my god <laughs> we don't wild. Know yeah we we still speak about it to this day yeah. we're about it it works he works for me now and i says do you remember that dream went, yeah the one with the blonde hair and the red dress i was like what's my we still don't know how we're doing. We kept it's saying, so wild. Did our, was our hands touching the head or something? But obviously my face was near <laughs> his feet and his head was near my yeah, feet kind yeah. of thing. And we're like, well, mm -hmm. what could do this? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th that's the thing that's ever happened to me. And I will say positive thinking as well really, mm -hmm. really attracts positivity. Yeah. Um, whenever I'm thinking positive things, mm -hmm. things start to happen. Yeah. And it's when I realise these things are always happening. It's because I'm in a negative mindset that I can't see they these things happening. It, yeah. I'm taking the bad stuff out of, mm -hmm. out of every bit of the day. Mm -hmm. So if someone says like, I said this to a mate today, he suffers with negativity quite a lot. I'm getting better now. Um, but he says, I, I could be in the middle of a mall and there'll be a piece of dog poo on the floor and I will be the one to step in it. He says, and I says, but if you're that unlucky, then surely you're lucky. He went, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you're lucky enough to touch it. What if that's money? You're the one to yeah. find it. And I said, try and flip your mindset. Yeah. And he walked away off. Well, he walked away. He ended that phone call with three things that I'd managed to do to him today. Just, just nice. today, just three things. I helped him clear mm -hmm. 23,000 pounds worth of debt. Wow. Just by giving him advice on who to speak to to sort this mess out. Um, I told him about changing, obviously, the, the, the mindset to more positive. Start thinking about positives instead of that. I said, if you, if you look at the situation in a bad light, mm -hmm. you're only going to see bad light coming back at you. So think more yeah. positive about it. And then I forget what the third thing was. Oh, you mentioned, yeah, it was this podcast. He said, if mm -hmm. it weren't for you... And this podcast and speaking, he says, you've got this gift. Now, this is weird. This is, this is true story. This is so today. He, he couldn't believe he was sat with me witnessing what had happened today. Mm. And I sat in this truck with him and this guy walked across from outside this other drive. And I went, you're right, mate. You look like Clint Eastwood. Straight mm -hmm. up. That's all I said. You look like Clint yeah, Eastwood because yeah. he looked like Clint Eastwood. Mm -hmm. And he, 
He spent 45 minutes of mine and my friend's break chatting to us about his whole life story, about his wife, about his kids, about what his wife had done to him. And my mate, Darren, he says, you've just got that thing about you, Jermaine. You allow people to open up to you. And I went, but I don't understand how or why. And he says, well, look at you, for instance. He says, Jermaine, you've helped me. He said, if it wasn't for you and your podcast and me coming to this job and finding you and you picked me out and become my friend at work, he said, I, w- I wouldn't be here now because he was that he was that down. And he keeps saying about that, you know, the word. I don't like saying the word. I've just passed the course in, in what yeah. it is, suicide. He said, if it wasn't for you and this podcast, I perhaps would have been there. But you've, he said, I've got friends that I've known for years and I've never opened up. He said, I've known you for, what, four months and I've told wow. you my whole life story. That's and I'm beautiful. Just, you know, I, I'm, but I'm thinking, not like, what? It's just me. I don't understand. What? Why do you want to talk to me? And then he mentioned it. He says, mm-hmm. I can't believe what I've just seen. That bloke was walking. He said, if I had said hello to that bloke, he would have just carried on walking by and said, yeah, yeah you're right, mate. He said, but he's told you about his, what his wife done to him, about his kids in the police station and stuff. He's told you all of his life. And I was yeah. like, I don't understand, mate. I don't <laughs> get it. I just, I just chat to people. But you're curious. But I, learn I think from you're people. curious yeah. and you're open to to hear, to learn, and and people, you know, whether you you don't have to necessarily verbalize that, but just with that intention, you know, that you want to connect with others. And it's rare, to be honest with you, like it is a rare thing to to be a person who who is open to receive, because a lot of people, you know, they they ask how you are, but they want to hear fine, bye you know <laughs> yeah I'm not actually looking the, the for that connection no. so people are um like hungry hungry for that for connection and so when you when you open the door you know for them for that then it's like oh yeah finally yes you know i yeah. want to share and i love it yeah, I, I really enjoy exactly. it i like to mm-hmm. listen to people's lives what they've gone through and mm-hmm. how the day's been you know, but like you said, like no one really, ca- and and that's the world I live in. in my head. So my positive from that is, so my mm. my negative head is telling me, Jermaine, you are surrounded by entitled people that only think about themselves, that are all selfish. They need mm. to be there first. Whether that's in Big Mac queue, they've got to be the first person to get the burger. They've got to be the yeah. first person to get the new iPhone. They're going to queue for days just to see that artist. Yeah. You know, and we see mm. it. You yeah, know, on Facebook, it. everyone's spreading lies. Everyone's spreading lies yep. on Facebook. Here I am enjoying myself. Why not show that time when you was arguing at your kids? I'd rather yeah. see the real you. Yes. I don't want to see the fake version of you, the mm-hmm. version that you want to. But I want to see you, you. Mm-hmm. Who are you? You know, I say on here, I get angry at my kids. I get yeah. angry at myself. I get angry at yeah. my missus. I don't mean to, but you hurt yeah, the ones you love the most. Yeah. It happens. I'm being mm-hmm. honest. I'm being mm-hmm. truthful and honest. I'm not the best person to be around at times. Sometimes I'm an arsehole. Yeah. It's just the way I am. I don't life. mean to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean mm-hmm. to be, but some days if you catch me on the bad day, mm-hmm. you're going to get an horrible person. Yeah. But then on the next day, you might get the greatest person in the world that's going to do everything for you and give the coat off his back. There you mm-hmm. go, mate. Take that. Yeah. And that's all it is. But I'm also, I'm also open to... um. What's the word? So, so if I've done something wrong or if I say, oh, no, no, this happened, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in that position where someone can re-educate me and say, no, I have an open book here. Look, look at it this, yeah. from this angle. You're receptive. So I like to do that as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, to. I'm not going around like, no, I said this and that's the truth and that's how it goes because you see people like that where it's only one yes. narrative. I think they call it in this world yeah. Karens or something like that. I hear yeah. the, the Karen thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, well, surely you should just be open to both sides. There's always two sides to a story. Yes, absolutely. Kind of two thing. or three so or I'm four. Yeah, yeah, I think we, uh, like, our senses are limited, you know? It's like we. We only see so many things we can only, but if we're, if we're receptive, if we're open to like miracles, to joy, to love, to connection, like if we open our, our hearts or our minds to that, like, it's like that we're opening the doors, like welcoming people, welcoming yeah. ideas. And, and I feel like so much uh, like magic can happen when, when we do that, you know, instead of just it like doesn't. blinders. It feels like magic. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's an affirmation I use sometimes. I'm just like, my life is magic. My life is magic. Because it's like, that's what I want to see. Yeah. That's what I want to experience. And yeah. It's so, and, and I mean, bad things are going to happen whether we try for them or not. Good things are going to happen whether we try. Like, that's just the nature of this, you know, being here. Yeah. Well, nothing's guaranteed neither, yeah. is it? No. When a lot of people. No, because I'm trying to trying to re-sculpt my mother's mind at the minute because every she mm. worries about everything every yeah. single thing she worries she worries about me on the road in the truck yeah. and she rings up she's panicking on the phone are you okay Aww. jermaine are you okay i'm mm. like mom there's no point in worrying over anything mm -hmm. you've got no control over whatever yeah. will happen will happen mm -hmm. i said there's exactly. no point in worrying because worrying will just kill you it will end your life yeah. a lot sooner i says yeah. the best thing is to do no news is good news and just mm -hmm. to try and just relax I said, yeah, you worrying just, about me every day is doing yeah. no good for you. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not, you're a prisoner trapped in your own brain kind of mm -hmm. thing. Just, just chill. Just chill. Yeah. Whatever suffering happens will happen. The imagination. We'll deal with it. Yeah. It's yeah. like suffering it's not even there. through your it's not, it's not actually what's happening. And stress doesn't make like any situation better. It doesn't make our lives better. It doesn't make like a solution easier to come by if we're facing a problem. Like it's really, a, like you said like a negative like just we're creating our own suffering and so yeah, yeah if we can be like think uh, imagine the best you know imagine the best case yeah. scenario and then something even better could happen and then whoa yeah. <laughs> it's getting to that place though isn't it because yes. I, I do it i overthink i always think the mm -hmm. worst case scenario every time whatever mm -hmm. i'm doing the mm -hmm. worst thing's gonna happen like mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna fall down a manhole today and we're gonna yeah. just drop down this this hole i'm now in the sewers i'm living with splinter and the turtles <laughs> i can't get back out you know i'm gonna have to marry a crocodile or something and have crocodile heads with human legs <laughs> that's my life <laughs> you know that's how the well, imagination works but yeah. yeah exactly yeah. i mean it is it is natural I've i've done like exercises where it's like when like if the negative thought is like so big or the the fear is like so much where it's like you can't just it's hard to just like you can't turn it off and like shift out so we had talked about that like what would be better and what would be better so i'll do the like okay what are you worried about like face it imagine it feel like as if it's already happening and then what would be worse and then like i'll go into the worst <laughs> thing and what would be even worse than that oh and i'll be like crying or like angry or like going through the feelings like it's real and then what I, well, at least from my experience like the worst 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 and then it's like at some point what would be worse than that well i'll be dead 
And then there's some point in my brain that's like, well, that's going to happen anyway. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't yeah. have to be afraid. Like, <laughs> no, that's the biggest thing for me, honestly. Yeah. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I really don't like that's what worries me because I always think to myself, mm-hmm. well, why was I born mm-hmm. if I'm just living to die? That mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that, a real hard time because I'm thinking, why have I done all this work, mm-hmm. come into the world to pay to society to then retire really late on? perhaps never even make retirement and pass away and it's just like well, so that to me in my head yeah. is really hard to to work out so i try not to think mm-hmm. about that part of my life anymore it's just mm-hmm. like i know it's going to happen but while mm-hmm. i'm here so so yeah. there's a saying we say obviously i'm not here for a, i'm not here for a long time i'm here for a good time so i'm going to yeah. try my best to to have yeah. the good time i've went exactly. through a bad stage mm-hmm. podcast was born from that bad stage mm-hmm. And now hopefully I'm turning a new leaf and I don't know, a lot of times I'm thinking now being a counsellor, being a therapist, something like that. But then I'm thinking the negative to me, well, I can't quit my job. I need my job to pay my bills. It's expensive to go to university and college to become that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those. So I think when you do a change, it's a massive risk that's there as well. If you want to change the world, you've got it. There's a big risk that's that's attached. It is. It is. And the risk I, there is no job, no money. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, our time is, it is temporary. Like everything in this world, like this is why I like, uh, for me, like the Vedic, the Indian philosophy comes in because it's like the nature of this world is that everything is temporary. We can see that everything is temporary. But we are, we're not this body. So the the Vedic teachings talk about like at the end of the day, when you take off your work clothes and you put on your pajamas, you don't look at those work clothes and go, oh my God, I'm going to miss you so much. Oh, my jeans. Uh." (laughs) It's like just a shift. It's just like, okay, those clothes go in the hamper and this new clothes come on. And so the the Vedic philosophy teaches that we're not this body. Like that's not who we are. If you lose an arm, that's not you. If you lose a leg, that's not you. There's still something that is you. And so that the who we are is an eternal spirit. And that's why like when we try to conceive of like an end, you know, like eternal sleep or whatever, like it's like almost impossible to really grasp because that's not really our nature as spirit. And so like science says, you know, energy is never created or destroyed. And so like the soul, the energy of the soul that is like consciousness and it moves from one life form to another, like one outfit to another outfit to another outfit. And, and it's like a, like a progression, like an evolution. And when the consciousness uh, evolves to like, you could say like a highest state or a divine, like a pure love state, then it gets out of this like cycle of being recycled you can say like birth yeah. death old age again and again so like i i take a lot of like comfort for me in, in that because i like i experience those feelings of like i don't want to end you know i want to evolve evolve <laughs> i yeah. want to grow i want to continue no i get that so much as a kid i used to say this thing that was quite similar to what you just said there and this was when i was younger younger Mm-hmm. Um, I must have been about 10 or 11 and it still plays on my mind now and mm-hmm. what it was was um, if you do bad in this world because I kept mm-hmm. saying it I, so, so 
in my head, I feel like I'm old. Mm. Now, I know this sounds weird, but most of my friends are a lot older than me. I get on with older people. I always yeah. have. And I've been, been told when I was younger, I've, I've got an old head. Yeah, old soul. The way I think, the way I do think, yeah. Mm. And my when I was about 10 or 11, I kept saying, if you're here, it's because you've done wrong in a previous life. Because I believe that this is the worst place. And I know that sounds stupid because it's Earth. Mm-hmm. But we see our loved ones disappear. They die in front of us. We yeah. have to pay taxes mm-hmm. and, and all of that. We have to see all the wars going on and yep. all the maliciousness that's going on, hungry children starving. Mm-hmm. So we see a, quite a lot of devastation yeah. during this. And I think if you are, this is, obviously it's just my thoughts when I was 10, not now, obviously I've yep. grown up now. But, and then what happened was I kept saying, so if you do bad, if you don't go to work, but you are fit to work, if you commit murder, commit rape or all the bad things you t- whichever it is I, th- I believe that you come back to this world mm-hmm. because you haven't learned the lesson of life yeah i think that's temptations that have surrounded you so you've kept going into the temptation easy money or oh, easy easy that easy that and take 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 exploit and i think yeah, like exploiting yeah. what's Winning. around you, like the fruits on the tree, yeah. the fruit. Don't, you know, Adam and Eve, don't take that fruit. It's there. Right. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. But you've got to hold yourself back. Yeah. And I, but, and when I was 10, I kept thinking, because I had quite a bad upbringing, I thought, I think I had to suffer that. Because I think that teaches me life. Yeah. But the reason why it was given to me, the temptation is for me to go back and do the same thing to other people. Yeah. bullies be bullies kind of thing mm-hmm. but because i stayed away from that and thought right never going to hit women never going to hit kids because i see my mum get beat up by my dad saw me be beat up by my dad i'm not going to yeah. do that so then when you go through life i kept thinking to myself maybe i'm on my last life here and that's mm-hmm. why i've got this old ed even at 10 this is my last time i'm evolving this time mm-hmm. i've messed up i've hit the brick balls and as I've got older, I have. I've I've come across brick wall after brick wall, and it's been a really hard struggle. But I've still got back up on my feet, dusting my shoulders down, and carried on. And that's what I keep thinking. I feel like this is it. This is my last life. So, I, so a little bit like what you're saying with the spirit. I think I've perhaps messed up for so many lifetimes before, yeah. and now I feel like I've conquered it. I've hit life because real life's hard. I think life's supposed to be hard to challenge you for the next yeah. life. If you yeah. find it too easy, then what's the point? Yeah, Because exactly. all of us can be tempted. So mm-hmm. that was my 10-year-old head, and I'm now 38. So that was like 28 years ago I thought of that in school. Yeah. <laughs> That's deep, though. That's, That's deep. mad. It's my... deep, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my guru, he would say, like, if you only ever ate cake, and that's all you ate, you wouldn't know what sweetness was. You have to have spicy and salty and bitter and sour. And that's like all those flavors. Then you can like really relish that cake. You can relish the sweetness. But if it was all always sweet, then we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't know the difference. Boring. Boring. (laughs) Variety is the spice of life, you know? Variety, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's, I'll tell you what, it's been amazing. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, I feel like we could probably talk for like hours and hours and hours. Like <laughs> some of the things you said, I'm like, oh, I could. 
<laughs> but I know we have to keep it within a time. So maybe you'll invite me back or we can, you know, 100%, talk some more. <laughs> 100%. No, this, this is what this space is for. It's a, mm-hmm. it's an open space, non-judgmental, mm-hmm. you know, it's get, speak your mind. Yeah. And if anybody does judge it, well, that's, that's them. It's not you. Yeah. I don't mind. It's not me. Judge if someone away. judges me about my 10 year old body, you know, yeah. go ahead, judge that 10 year old kid that thought like that. Yeah. That was, that's how I used to think. It was. Yeah. Blow my, you know. But, but no, it's been amazing having you on. And I definitely Thank do you. want you on. If anything, if you can spare your time for the next mm-hmm. one or even do a special with me where you're actually doing a meditation class. Yeah. Where, where the listeners can join in. Because I think that would yes. be quite cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. Even yeah. if, yeah, because then people can interact with that one as well. Mm-hmm. But before that, where can mm-hmm. so do you do lives on your Facebook or anything like that or lessons? So, so I know you work um, on your website. Yeah. So I I did a, I've done like one Facebook live. Usually I do Zoom because for me what I realize is like I need a face. Like I need to like yeah. see others' response and uh that like feeds me like as far as like okay what i'm saying is like it's going in it's processing or maybe i need to re-explain something by the reactions of my of my audience you could say so seems um, believing yeah i see that yeah (laughs) it's like i don't know interactive like i don't want to feel like i'm just talking to like a screen you could say um so yeah but i've done like uh, i've been been a couple times there's a like a whatsapp uh, grief group and they have like a zoom thing and i've done zoom and i do locally i do like in-person group workshops but i would be yeah totally happy um as long as i could see one like your face or one person's <laughs> face yeah. no that's awesome <laughs> Um, but awesome. yeah, like guide, like a guided breathing meditation, and and just kind of like you know get everybody relaxed and and chill. I would love to to share that absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is there any links you would like to shout out or anything like that? Because you can obviously send me them, and I can put them into the show notes for okay. the listeners, so they can reach out to you, which is your Facebook and Instagram, yeah, isn't I'm- it? I'm updating, but you can find me, uh, the Prana Academy LLC on Facebook and the Prana Academy on Instagram. And then that way you can reach out and Facebook. I've got like some more like reviews and testimonials. So you can see, like, I'm not just making stuff up. (laughs) And um, if anyone, you know, wants to reach out, they can reach out through there and uh, eventually it'll be updated and, you know, fancy. That's hundred percent. And to, to the listeners, Prana spelt uh, P R A N A Academy. Just mm-hmm. in case, yes, yeah, you can't see that on the screen if you're not watching this on YouTube. Because yes, we're on YouTube now. We're on Spotify as well with a video. Um, a friend of mine's created me a Discord. Yay! Nice. So we've got a little, Yay. a nice little place where everybody can interact, um, speak. We're going to have episodes on there on all the updates because I don't know what I'm doing with social media. <laughs> i'll be honest yeah. with you i'm I'm still trying to work it all out still trying to sort out an episode um website sorry mm-hmm. because all i know how to do at the minute is record this and speak yeah. to people that's great it's almost like i want a little team to deal with all that for me like there's the episode yes. can you upload it to wherever you need it to go to and hopefully it helps one person in the world mm-hmm. save their life hopefully you know that's what i'm hoping yeah. um, well let's put it out there we are inviting a team to help us 
(laughs) (laughs) with all the other stuff so that we can do what we love to do and help others. (laughs) Exactly. And that's all it is. It's about helping, isn't it? It's about Mm -hmm. making sure that everybody out there understands that they're not alone. Yeah. There is help out there for everybody. And we've all been through a story. Everyone, every one of those has got a story. Absolutely. like the podcast name's called, you know, still worth the journey. And so are you guys. Um, So yeah, thank you very much guys. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) And thank you. Madavi. 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 (laughs) I will get it one day. By like the third visit, you'll you'll get it down. It'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Madavi. I will get it one. I promise you. All right, guys. See you next week. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on Still Worth the Journey. It's been an incredible journey of self-discovery, healing and growth. And I am so grateful for your support. I want to express my sincere gratitude to each and every one of you who has tuned in. Whether you've been here with us since the beginning or just starting your journey with us. Your commitment to understanding and improving your mental health is truly inspiring. And I hope that you found our discussions valuable. Remember, our podcast is available on all major podcast platforms so you can revisit your favourite episode or catch up on ones you might have missed. You can also find us over at YouTube by searching Still Worth the Journey. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and ring that notification bell to stay updated with our latest content. For those looking for even more engagement and resources, visit our Facebook page or the Instagram page by searching Still Worth the Journey. There you'll find additional contents and links to support organisations that can help you on your mental health journey. If you did want to go a step further on supporters, we now have a Patreon page. The link will be in the show notes. Once again, thank you for being a part of our community and for believing that the journey to better mental health is still worth the journey we look forward to continuing this exploration with you take care be kind to yourself and remember you are never alone in this goodbye for now and until next time stay strong and keep moving forward